What if that was it? What if that was the end of the most successful quarterback run in NFL history? People say, what do you want to do after football? And I'm like, what do you mean after football? There's nothing after football. This is what you know I was born to do, and this is what I enjoy doing more than anything else. The 42-year-old has said he hopes to play until he's 45. And if he doesn't alter course and retire, there's a chance he will never run out of the home tunnel in Foxborough again. This offseason, Brady is scheduled to be a free agent for the first time in his career. This isn't going to go on forever. I'm going to know. I'm going to know when the time's right. And I'm going to feel like, okay, I've, you know, I've kind of had enough. Brady, whose rise from overlooked six-round draft pick to superstar, reflects how the Patriots transitioned from lovable underdogs to often despised favorites has said that he embraces the unknown. But for Patriots fans, seeing him in another uniform or out of football would sting after 20 years of championship bliss. My kids aren't getting younger. You know, we're not getting these moments back in our life. And, you know, I can't just forget that I have really other important people and responsibilities in my life too. In tandem, Brady and Bill Belichick have more regular season, postseason, and Super Bowl victories than any head coach-quarterback combination in NFL history. With Belichick's demands and Brady's competitiveness drawing the best out of both men. He's very, very consistent. He's very consistent in his preparation, uh, his thoroughness, and, and his performance. And You know, at times I think there's almost a, a little bit of a tendency to take it for granted just because it's, it's been so consistent for so long, but there's no quarterback I'd rather coach than Tom Brady. Among the peaks, there have been some valleys. An undefeated regular season in 2007, in which Brady set records that ended in Super Bowl heartbreak. A torn ACL the following year on the 15th offensive play of the season. Deflategate. Brady's future should become clearer in a little more than two months. His contract expires March 18th, that is, unless an extension is reached before then. Owner Robert Kraft will play a notable role in any talks. Brady, Belichick, and Kraft, the three pillars of the Patriots' incomparable run of dominance. Nine Super Bowl appearances, six Lombardi trophies, and now one big cloud of uncertainty. You know, you ever been skiing and you you're getting close to the edge and you just I don't really ski tech. Alright, well <laughs> say you're say you're driving <laughs> down a slope of covered in snow. Okay. Right? <laughs> and they want this win and they won't get it. The Patriots are gonna win. Wait, did you pick the Patriots at the end of all that? I sure did. <laughs> Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. We back, baby. Another episode. Let's go. Yeah, let's go indeed. Welcome once again to the most must-hear podcast, Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. Can we feel happy? Is it possible for us? You do. You feel it. Can you feel happy? 
We've digested the loss. We're moving on. We're not. We're not moving on. We're, it's bullshit. <laughs> so I've digested the loss. I've thought about the loss. I still don't like it. I'm not a fan of it. It pisses me off. The more I went into the game, the more I got pissed. And uh, bottom line is here, here we are. We are staring into the face of potentially the end of the greatest dynasty that we have ever seen and that we will ever see, ever. Tom Brady. I said on the last podcast that Kraft is not going to budge on the contract. I said that Belichick is willing to move on. I said that Brady wants to stay, but they're not going to let him, so he's not going to retire. See, the only thing I, I don't see happening in all of this is I do not see Brady retiring. Don't. Don't see it. No, nope. sorry. I don't see it. I, I don't. He's His brand needs him to stay till 45. He doesn't have to stay till 45, but 44 would be fine. But he does need to keep it going. He's been saying he wanted to do it. They gave him an out at the end of the game. He was like, I'm trying to stay in it. I'm trying to keep going. So your words, Brady, those are your words, not mine. And you uh you want to stay in, that's great. And we gotta figure we gotta figure this out. Patriot Nation. What the hell are we gonna do without Tom Brady? So most people don't want to think about it, but we have to now. We we we've lost the Titans. Now, the thing is, the more I look into this, gives me a little bit more hope that Tom Brady will stay. You see, what I would do if I was the New England Patriots, Bill Kraft, if you're listening, to, I know you listen. I would do it. Listen, the Saints are going through the same thing with Drew Brees. What they did was they gave him $50 million and they guaranteed him for two years, $50 million, guaranteed him fifteen, but you can reassess it every year. So just... Just look at Tom, look into his eyes and say, just give him what he wants, damn it. Just look at Tom Brady and say, we love you. You're the one that we want. Garoppolo is a little haughty and we, we had a little moment of weakness, but we love you and we want to finish this damn thing and then get him some damn weapons. I mean, what the hell did you guys think was going to happen? You can call the defense the boogeyman all you want. I didn't see shit. I saw big-ass Derrick Henry running over everybody. So shit. Nikhil Harry looks okay, but the more I watch him, the more I'm like, he's kind of slow. He's just bumbling down the field. I don't know. He looks okay. Jacoby Myers looks like trash. Edelman is just beat up. Sanu, unfortunately, doesn't look like he knows how to play football anymore. Sony Michelle is the bane of my existence. Jesus, God. All right, sorry. So, Tom Brady, is he going to stay with the Pats? Let's start there. Is there hope? Is there hope? Everyone is basically in a, yeah, well, maybe. Bill Belichick, I don't really want to talk about that. I can't do his guttural thing, but you'd think I would because I'm sick, but I can't. But he's basically just hucking up a lung and um, giving you nothing. Brady's like, yeah, he's been saying all year he wants to stay, but we're not giving him the contract. So what are you going to do? I mean, all of this became obvious, right? With the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Belichick was ready to move on from Brady a long time ago. I was saying that, and I believe it was 2017. And 
that became obvious to me when in the first round, I mean, the Browns were willing to give up crazy capital to get him. There were a lot of teams willing to give up first rounders, and we end up trading him at the last minute before the trade deadline because he was coveted to Belichick. He was ready to move on. He was ready to go. And, and, and now we're in this freaking position. And I'll say one thing. The Patriots, can we all agree, care about money. They like the money. Financially, that is the most important thing. They'll let go of, of anybody. They'll let go of anybody for money. They let go of Ty Law, Lauren Malloy, Vrabel, Willie McGinnis, anybody. Just take your pick, Deion Branch. You can take, anyway, so there is actually a financial incentive for the Patriots to re-sign Brady. If they don't, he's going to cost them $13.5 million in dead cap charges for, two, for 2020. That's, they don't like that. They don't like that. And you know what else? He's going to cost them another $6.75 million for 2021. So when I look at things like that, and I go, huh, you know what? Why the hell would they let him go then? Why don't they go that other route? Like, why don't they try to figure out a way where they can do a year by year? I really feel like if they just, Bill Belichick just rubbed Brady's back a little tiny bit. Give a little scratch, just a little bit, just a little bit of love. I think Brady just wants a little bit of love from the organization, one which he built an empire, and I mean he deserves it. So I don't know. So so I don't think he's gonna stay because he's fiery. He he feels like he's being slighted, and he should because he is. Now, here's the question. This is the fun part. Not for, well, it's not fun, so I don't want to piss everybody off. Where would he go? Where, where, where would he go? I, I wrote a couple places down. Now, the popular, the popular pick, right, is um, the Los Angeles Chargers. It's actually going down now. And by the way, Whoever, whoever's writing this stupid list, and, and not mine, I wrote my own, but he's not going to the Cowboys, idiot. Whoever wrote that, you stupid idiot, shut your mouth. You're dumb. Sorry. So the Chargers, right? There was a source that told CBS the Chargers would have a unique appeal to Brady on multiple levels. Basically, they can't sell tickets. Phillip Rivers is trash. They would love it. They, Brady would sell tickets. Brady would help with, um, they, they can't get sponsorships and they need, they're going to have a nice new stadium. I mean, a lot of that makes sense. But I don't think he's going to go there. So I'll start with that. I, see, I'm already ruining my own game. I'm already ruining my own game. Sorry. So maybe he'll go to the Chargers. He's not going to. Damn it, I already blew it. The Indianapolis Colts, maybe? Huh? No, yes, I know they got Jacoby Brissett, but the Colts are another team, man. They're positioned to contend if they have a good quarterback. And I know Jacoby Brissett had a solid 2019. I know they had some struggles, but, I mean, they were a lot of their struggles were tied to injuries. And this could be an interesting signing given the history of the Colts and the Patriots. What about the Raiders? Not a lot of people talking about the Raiders. I know you've got Derek Carr, okay? I understand that. But like the Chargers, 
The Raiders are moving to a shiny new stadium. They're positioned to contend in the AFC West. They did better than everybody thought. Gruden would love this, please. I'm just, I know Brady. Now, Brady might be the only part of this that might not work. <laughs> um, I don't know how Brady would feel about playing in Las Vegas. Um, but, I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. Um, could be the Dolphins. But it won't be the Dolphins. So shut up with the Dolphins. I'm sorry. They don't have enough weapons. Hey, Ted. Hey, Ted. The Dolphins don't have enough weapons. Idiot. And the Saints have a better offense. No one else gets that, but you know, come back on the podcast so I can kick your ass. Um, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ted? <laughs> your, favorite, your favorite quarterback, Jameis. Bruce Arians is anything but committed to your boy, Jameis Winston. I'll tell you that right now. He's also set to hit free agency. Brady could be a little bit intrigued with that, huh? Maybe playing with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, in a passer-friendly offense. Tampa Bay also has a chance to compete. If things go right against New Orleans, you know, they might win the NFC South in 2020. I'm just saying... Tampa Bay, put that on the radar. That should be up there with the odds, I think. Screw them, though. Obviously, and I, I just have to say, the Denver Broncos. I don't know how they're not higher on the list either because have you not seen this movie before? Have you not? Have you not seen Brokeback Elway? Don't you understand that he, he loves this crap, you know? Peyton Manning, all that crap. I know that Denver could you listen. I know they got Drew Locke, but why not let him sit for a couple of years and have Brady do his thing? I don't think Brady will do it, but that's not a bad, it's not a bad pick. Do you want to hear something that makes me sick when I was going over the potential places for Brady to go? And it made me, oh, it's making me sick right now. Oh, it, oh, it's me, it's pissing me off. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Fuck, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense, and it pisses me off. I would be irate. I'm irate right now. There's no guarantee that Ben Roethlisberger is going to return. Elbow injury ended in his 2019 season, and even if he does come back, I know he said he wanted to, but you blow and you know it, Ben. The Steelers also learned this season that they don't have their next franchise passer on the roster. I know that Brady wouldn't be the answer for the long term. But wouldn't that be a way to shove it up the Patriots' ass? And don't you want to do that? Isn't that what the freaking Steelers are all about? You dirty idiot. Oh, God. That would be the ultimate revenge. It would, it would be ultimate revenge for Brady. And it would be the ultimate revenge. And then, you know, the Steelers win in a Super Bowl. I would, I'll puke everywhere. I can't, I can't keep talking about this. It's disgusting. Um, and my last team is um, Chicago Bears. I feel like it's obvious, but I mean, the Bears are stuck with Mitch Trubisky for at least another season, and that doesn't mean that they wouldn't jump at the chance for an upgrade. But, you know, Matt Nagy's offense could be fucking amazing for Brady, so I could see that happening. Uh, God, the Steelers. I am disgusted with myself that I'm talking about this. 
Christ. Yeah, so that's that. That's what I think about Brady. Um, also, another thing, another random thought. Now, I should have my notes in front of me because, you know, this is supposed to be a professional podcast, but I don't. The deflate gate thing, people don't talk about it enough, how, how that really screwed us. Because in that draft, we lost a first rounder, I believe it was the 29th pick, and we lost a, f- I want to say a fourth rounder. Could have been a seventh rounder. Screw the second pick. I'm talking about the first one. Second pick doesn't matter, idiots. The first one. We needed a receiver. Um, was it 2009? I should have this in front of me, but I don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess. The Patriots needed weapons, okay? I know we had, you know, Gronk, we had our thing, but I believe they would have went receiver. If nothing else, you know, Gronk was having a little injuries and, and all that crap. I, listen, Hunter Henry was at the end of that first round. Shepard was in the end of that first round. And Michael Thomas was at the end of that first round. So I'm not saying the Patriots hit on receivers all the time. They don't. They never do. But I feel like they would have maybe taken a shot at Hunter Henry. So just another thing to piss you off. <laughs> That's what I'm here for is just to piss off the Patriot fans right now. So don't worry, guys. I know it looks it looks bad now, but at least there's reports that Andy Dalton might go to the Patriots. Here's what I'm going to say to that. Here's what I'm going to say to all the morons, by the way, that are sitting there. I've said this to multiple people, and I have wanted to elbow throats for the last six hours. Andy Dalton would suck with the greatest show on turf. Andy Dalton would suck with any, give him Megatron. Give him anyone you want. He sucks. You think that if he, I hear on the sports hub, I see all these people talking about Bart Scott's running his mouth, you dumbass, talking about, oh, oh yeah, Andy Dalton would go to the Patriots and be so good. No, it wouldn't. You, you, oh my God, you puke. You loser. You nub. Dude, what is a nub? I don't know, but it's what you are, you idiot. It's no. Oh, God, I hate it. Andy Dalton goes to the Patriots, flush the Patriots down the toilet. I won't do it. I, I've watched him with the Bengals long enough. I will not watch it. Don't do it. Please, God, don't do it. No Andy Dalton. Go Joe Burrow. Go Bengals. Go Joe Burrow and go Bengals. But also, I love the Patriots, so I'm, I'm still sympathizing with you. Let's... uh. Gonna do a quick break. Quick break, and then we're gonna talk about something else. I don't know what we're gonna talk about, but we're gonna talk about something else. Stay tuned. So we are back, and I figured out what I wanna talk about. Do you wanna know what it is? I'll play a little snippet. I'll play a little snippet if you wanna know what it is. Connor has no right coming up to 55. We're too big for him, we're too strong. You're stiff as a board. I'd snap you in half. You beat nobody and you think you're going to come up to 155 and make a statement? Come on, man. Sit the fuck down. Another broke, jealous, bitter fire. Now, he hasn't won in the octagon since November of 2016. Connor says he's coming back. We should have an announcement, hopefully, in the coming weeks. I just want to compete now. Listening to this Joker talk, just we all just sit back here and laugh. Cerrone, the front runner. I'm looking at Cowboy. Three. Today, we could celebrate. Two. Hotter and Cowboy is gonna happen. One. 
Now it's time. Conor McGregor out of retirement will be back in the octagon January 18th against Donald Cowboy Cerrone in Las Vegas. Donald Cowboy Cerrone, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I don't care who. I just want to know when. I got just as much needle power as he does, man. Most wins in UFC history, baby. Fight that I think everyone's gonna love. Ladies and gentlemen, the biggest show started. Here we go! Surprise, surprise, motherfucker! Cowboys back. January 18th, T-Mobile in Las Vegas. I've done it before, and I'll do it again. Bring it on, motherfucker! <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me? January 18th, how am I not going to talk about this? Connor, the notorious one, the McGregor, Donald, Cowboy Cerrone. This is one that you just, oh my goodness. This is the one. This is what you, listen, I've talked about in, in previous podcasts about fighting, taking a hit because there's not personality. There's not enough. Like you had guys like Chael Sonnen who were were keeping the the keeping MMA afloat because they had personality. And back in the day, you had your Quentin Rampage Jacks, you had Chuck Liddell, you had Randy Couture, you had Tito Ortiz, even though I hate him. He was a he was a freaking heel. They had you wanted to give a shit, is what I'm saying. And there's been, I don't want to say a long time since I've given a shit. The last card was good. There's there are cards here or there that you like, you have killer fighters. This, oh my God, this one is just two of MMA's most ferocious finishers, most compelling personalities, and, excuse me, who's going to win? I'll tell you. You want want a spoiler, not a prediction? The fans are going to win. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't have a boo track yet because why would I ever boo myself? The fans are going to win because this, because I, I, I'm fired up for this fight and you are too and everyone is. But I mean, now we got to get into this. We got to get into the nitty gritty here. Cowboy, a lot of people are, are going to disrespect him. A lot of you idiots are going to disrespect him because I don't know. You just are. Everyone's on the McGregor bandwagon. I understand. He looks big. He looks mean. He's obviously coming back for a reason. He obviously thinks that he's going to come back to the top. But Cowboy, Cowboy ain't left, though. And he's not rusty. And he's, listen, he's game is what I mean. To me... If I'm McGregor, this is not the fight I would have wanted. Why do you want to go up against a guy that doesn't give a friggin'? He doesn't care. Cowboy can get knocked out by you in the first round. That ain't going to change shit about what he does. But he's going to come at you not giving a shit. So we're going to go over this now. We're going to uh, strike him. Let's start with that. McGregor and Cerrone, I mean... Both high-level strikers, no doubt. They've got a combined 28 knockouts between them, which is ridiculous. 
they, uh, they're very different, though, in their approach. Connor kind of wants you to come in, and his strikes are like side-on stance with his hands low. He kind of relies on what? Yeah, he doesn't really just rely. McGregor's one of those dudes that wants to draw you in. He's going to move a little bit, not crazy. He's going to throw his kicks to set up his punches. Cowboy's more of a, I'm going to kick the crap out of your leg. And I'm going to just keep battering your legs until you give me something. And then I'm just going to attack you, which is why I love him. He favors Cowboy's like a traditional Muay Thai based approach. He relies heavily on the jab. Most dangerous when he can find an opening for that lightning fast head kick. He, he is uncanny at that head kick. And I mean, ask, ask, his, ask his victims, dude. I mean, Matt Brown, Jim Miller, like Martins, like Melvin Gillard. He's destroyed a who's who of people. Now, that being said, he has been picked apart before. And, uh, I mean, Justin Gaethje had some serious, he beat the crap out of him. Jorge Masvidal, he didn't beat the crap out of him, but he, he outstruck him. Darren Till kind of gave him problems. McGregor, I don't know if I've ever seen him be in danger on his feet. I mean, he had a couple of dicey moments again against Nate Diaz, but I feel like that was more just because he was tired than he actually got outstruck. Khabib... I don't know. I guess you can say kind of outstruck him, but I, I don't I don't see it that way. Um God, this fight is awesome. So I mean McGregor, he's ended more fights. Definitely with his hands than Cerrone. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's got 18 knockouts, four TKO wins on his record. Um Cerrone's got 10. Cerrone's striking is like I don't want to, it seems like I'm downgrading him right now and I'm really not trying to because he's a beast and he deserves props. Most other cases, I would take him in striking, but against McGregor, McGregor's just more powerful. And I, I think if it goes into the later rounds, Cerrone can strike up with anybody. But as far as they're both ready to go and they're not winded, McGregor takes that. It's the exact opposite though with the grappling. See, McGregor, he gets taken down. He's like a fish out of water. <clears throat> he's not really going to like get out of it. He doesn't really get out of it much. In the, in the first two rounds, he can kind of slither his way out a little bit. But as the fight goes on, that's how you beat him. And whereas when Cerrone, like when things aren't going his way, double leg takedown. That's what he does. So it's like when you got a guy that strikes like that, from an upright stance, too. That's what's crazy about him. He doesn't have a takedown. Like, it doesn't look like he's the type of fighter that would go for a takedown. He's not slouched in his stance. He's upright and everything. But, I mean, he's good. And once on the mat, man, Cerrone, he just, he's good at transitions. He's good at raining down strikes on people. And he's good at chasing submissions. Whereas, like I said, McGregor just kind of survives. He's on the ground. He's just trying to get up. So Cerrone for sure has the edge there. And by the way, because here we go again, given that Cerrone has such a clear edge over McGregor in terms of grappling, it should come as no surprise that 
he's better at submissions. <laughs> I mean, Cerrone is, he's got 17 of his 36 professional victories by submission. He has gotten Mike Perry. He has gotten Edson Barboza. He has gotten, listen, dude, I know he's all about the head kick, and I've said that. Like, you watch his highlight reels, you're going to see a lot of head kicks. You're going to see a lot of leg kicks. His jiu-jitsu is legit. And McGregor's had really, like, not a lot of success against guys that are good with submissions. So, uh, it's one of those things, man. This is a tough one to call. I love both fighters, by the way. McGregor, I go back and forth on him because all fighting aside, he seems to be a bit of a piece of shit, whereas he, you know, throwing the, I didn't like when he threw the dolly. I didn't like when he punched the old guy in the face. I mean, I'd like to see him get his head right so that I can just like him as a fighter. But with Cerrone, he's just a good old country boy. He's like, if Roy Nelson wasn't fat, I'd like him more. If he didn't slap his belly all the time, I would like Roy Nelson. That's Cerrone. Cerrone is just a less fat Roy Nelson. With Yeah, no, he really is just a less fat Roy Nelson. So, yeah, I, I love Cerrone. I love everything about him. I like that he talks shit. I like that he's respectful. I like that he's just, he's a great fighter. It's great. So Cerrone's got the edge in in um, grappling. He's got the edge in submissions. McGregor's got the edge on the feet, but not by like a crazy amount. So I obviously have to be picking Cerrone, right? <sighs> let's, let's go over this. People have questioned Conor McGregor's motivation or like he's not into fighting anymore because... In 2017, he fucking fought Floyd Mayweather for a billion dollars. And then, you know, he went for a huge payday fight with Khabib. He lost. And then he did proper number 12 whiskey. And you kind of looked at him and you went, ah, this guy really doesn't give a crap about fighting anymore. But here's the thing. For him to come back now, money and success are clearly not What's driving him at this point? I don't think. I mean, he doesn't need to fight. There's no doubt about that. He's already got money and success. So why is he fighting now? Him and his coaches are going to tell you that he loves competition, but is that love strong enough to push him through a grueling eight-week training camp? I don't think so. He wants to beat Cerrone. He wants to come back and not be who you guys think he is. He wants to beat Cerrone fast. Get a big win. Then he wants, then what he's going to do is he's going to call out Jorge Masvidal because he believed that he was the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And then he just stopped because he wanted to go and do other things. But guess what? He's back. And he's going to go. I'm telling you, he beat Cerrone. He's going to call out Jorge Masvidal. And if he beats him, he's going to Moscow to fight Khabib. That shit's going to happen if he wins, if he beats Cerrone. Cerrone's, so here's the thing. Obviously, I just said Cerrone has more ways to win. But it's really hard for me 
to go against McGregor in this fight because he is just so... It seems like he's just got crazy power. And it seems like he's just going to come out and be the old McGregor. Cerrone's... All right, I'll say it like this. If, if McGregor finishes him in the first two rounds, I think if it goes to... If it's between one and three rounds, McGregor's going to win. If it ends before the third. But Cerrone is so good. He's so durable. I know he's been TKO'd and all, but he can take a damn beating. He can take a beating better than McGregor. So this fight is close. I said at the beginning that Cerrone was going to get, like, people are going to be disrespecting him. I feel like I'm kind of disrespecting him a little bit by not taking him because my head, my head kind of tells me to go Cerrone. He has a lot more ways to win because if he can take McGregor's shots like I think he can, he can outlast him and he can tap him out in the fourth round. I just feel like McGregor is going to ride this high. I just see him knocking him out fast. So that's my prediction. McGregor's going to knock him out fast. And that's it. <laughs> it's just hard. I'm, I'm fired up for that card, though. It should be good. Holly Holmes on that card. There's a couple other good fights on that card. Um, yeah. Don't listen to me about money. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Last card didn't go great. So I'm going to say McGregor wins within the first three rounds. TKO. Big time. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you once again for listening to Big Mouth Small Words Sports Talk. I love you guys. I love y'all. Yes. Thank you for listening. You're the best. Click. <laughs>